Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 45. Bible says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Everybody say Nazareth. Nazareth. And the Bible says, to a virgin betrothed or engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And I want you to pay attention to this story because I'm going to read it once through and then I'm going to note things along the journey. And then I want to, uh, and then we might point out, we might draw your attention back to a few scriptures. Uh, so he was betrothed to a virgin named Mary. Verse 28, the Bible says, and he came to her and said, greetings, over favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Somebody say, don't be afraid. For you have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high God. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. And then the Bible goes on and says, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be? For I am a virgin. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, it says, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child uh, is to be born, will be called holy, the son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing everybody say nothing Nothing. i need you to say that with some caffeine in your voice say nothing. nothing nothing will be impossible with god and then it says and mary said behold i am a servant of the lord let it be to me according to your word and the angel departed from her And then in those days, the Bible says in 39, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, pay attention, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And then the last verse for our reading, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken by the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Listen, so for Unbothered uh, Part 2, I I just want to preach to you for uh, the next few moments on a message by the name of The Big Picture. Everybody say The Big Picture. And so, you know, I got a few grocery items. These are some items that you, that all are prepared in the microwave. Everybody say The Microwave. They're all different types of items. I have, you know, I have uh, something here that is gluten-free uh, for those who are in that position, that are that are in need of, of dietary restrictions such as these, uh, and and it's dairy-free as well. It's a burrito. Everybody say a burrito. burrito. Uh, not only this, 
I got a a Swanson turkey pie. Swanson turkey pie that can also, you know, go in the microwave. And then also for those who are super health conscious, this is more so what I would grab. Uh, This has 10 grams of protein. It's a power bowl. Uh, It's completely uh, plant-based protein and all of that wonderful stuff. And this also goes in the microwave, you know. Now, there's something that's interesting about all of this that I love on the back. Uh, There are some instructions that we find that are listed on here. For example, let's start with this one since it's in my hand. It says that you got to microwave on high for three and a half to four minutes. So it it outlines on this three and a half to four minutes. It says, you know, um, that 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 we are supposed to in the microwave oven. This one, the Swanson turkey pie says that it should be. I feel like I'm on the prices, right? You know, and they be talking through the various. We have a Swanson turkey pie. No. But this is like six and a half minutes that this one dessert uh, needs to be in the microwave oven. And then this one says four and a half. And and, you know, and so they each of these items, they all have a different amount of time that is required. Come on, stay with me this morning for them to be able to be in the microwave, to be prepared to the place where we can eat them and that we can enjoy what we taste. It's the worst thing to put something in the microwave. You just track with me for a bit and it's not done properly. And then you end up like either uh, breaking your teeth because there's still some frozen parts in there. Nobody knows what I'm talking about, do you? Okay. You know, or when you just taste it and, and, and you bite in and initially it's cold. And then three bites later, it's just like, oh my gosh, it's still frozen. And so the fact of the matter is that each of these items, each of these items, you know, they all have different times for processing. No, none of the items, none of the items have the exact same time of processing, even though it's the same oven that processes them. Even though it's the same oven, the microwave oven that they go into, each of them requires a different amount of time for preparation for them to be ready. Come on, somebody say ready. Ready for what it is that God has. And so, you know, I didn't come to just preach about microwavable dishes today. I just wanted to encourage you because uh, the fact of the matter is that all of these items, they all go towards the, the, the big picture, which is to nourish us. To bring some sorts of sustenance to our bodies so that we can accomplish that which God has put us in the earth to do. There's no reason for the Power Bowl to be jealous of the burrito. Who's going to stay with me this morning? (laughs) Because the big picture is that they all, they all work together. I came to preach against jealousy today. Come on. They all go towards the big picture, which is to nourish the eater. And so the fact of the matter is the only thing that would differ is the processing time. And so I wanted to, I just showed up my sense that, you know, when we're talking about being unbothered, when we're talking about being unbothered, we can't escape the fact that many of us, the reason why we are bothered in life, the reason why we go through life and don't accomplish what it is that God has called us to is because we're busy looking at what other people are doing. We're busy looking and being jealous of of what other people have in comparison to what we have or don't have. Is anybody going to be real with me today? And so we're so focused on what other people are getting that oftentimes it hinders us from walking out all that God has called for us. Are you going to stay with me this morning? 
And so, so I, I broke it down this way for a reason. There's a big picture. One, by, one more time, everybody say the big picture. And so God has called us to be unbothered. God has called us to be unbothered. He, and, and what we mean by this, as I shared last week, is not that we don't care about what's happening in other people's lives. It's not that we don't care about what's going on by, situationally in our lives. But it's that we are not, we are not hindered. Uh, our, let me say it this way. Our destiny and our purpose, watch this, means more to us than what is happening in the lives of others or the situations that currently engulf our lives. After God gave the children of Israel the Ten Commandments, at the very end of it, the very end of it, he talks about, he uses a word called covetous, covetousness. Everybody say covetousness. My grandmother say, you buy you too covetous. And so at the end of the day, what he's coming against, he says, you should not covet your neighbor's ox, nor his, let's go King James, his ass, nor his wife, nor his, uh, he goes on and he lists everything that the neighbor might have. And he says, you're not to covet or desire or be jealous of anything. Can I just talk about it today? I think I know why the devil was fighting me today because some of y'all don't want to hear this, but I'm, I feel, I feel like somebody's going to get delivered this morning from the spirit of jealousy. God does not desire for you to, to, to determine your success or his presence in your life or the lack thereof based upon what's happening in the life of somebody else. And so he tells the Israelites, he sets them up and at the end of the Ten Commandments to seal the deal, he says, don't covet any of your neighbor's stuff. Not only this, not only this, but then we get to uh, the book of Galatians in the New Testament. Yeah, we're no longer under the law and we get that and that's fantastic. However, the Apostle Paul goes on to reiterate this this uh this commandment and he he lists it in the works of the flesh everybody say the works of the flesh and he talks against rivalry and especially for the context of this message he talks against jealousy 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 so this is a principle that we find in both the old testament and the new testament that god's desire for us especially for those of us that are living life in the spirit is that we are not living with our eyes focused on what others have or what is going on in others lives and allowing ourselves and our hearts to be consumed with jealousy instagram is not set up for that fam Facebook is not set up for that. It's all about us putting on blast what we have. Come on, somebody. And it's very difficult, if I can get a witness, it's very difficult oftentimes for us not to compare or to be covetous or to be jealous because of all of the things from other people's lives that are continuously in our face. And so the, the, the social media generation that we live in, it is so easy for us to be jealous and or covetous. But the fact of the matter is that God, watch this, God, the reason why we are not to be jealous or covetous is because God has called each and every single one of us for our own assignment. Who am I preaching to? God has put all of us in the earth with a destiny and a purpose that only you or I can fulfill. 
and when it is that we try to be like other people and we're jealous of others what we're doing is we are robbing the world and we're dishonoring God because he has given you the situation and the purpose and the things that he's placed in your life so that you can accomplish what he has placed you in the earth to do your process is preordained fam your process is preordained can i just break this down to you because you're wondering why did we look at the book of uh, luke and why did i start talking about mary this is really dope because you find mary she's this teenage girl she's this young girl and she's in a position where the angel gabriel shows up to her and he says hey fam you are getting ready to you are getting ready to have a baby and you have not had sex as of yet And so it lists it that it is something that happens miraculously. And imagine if that was you, fam. Like imagine if you were just parring in your bedroom and then an angel just showed up and is like, listen, you're about to be pregnant. Like we usually read these things in scripture. Are you with me? We read this stuff in scripture and we just, you know, we trap it in the King James. But like think if that actually happened to you. You know, so she's there and she gets this greeting uh, by this, by the angel, and the angel shows up to tell her she's about to be pregnant with the Son of God, and she has not yet had sexual intercourse. Now, this is nuts because in that moment, she's probably like, "Why me?" Or this is did this just happen right now? Is this just something that just showed up? But I'm telling you, even with Mary, watch this: that there was a purpose in place for Mary's life even before the angel Gabriel showed up. Oh man, some of you, I want to help you. Some of you, you think that what has happened to you is something that God caused to happen in the moment and you don't even realize that the situations, the way that you got here, the parents that you had, come on somebody, even if you may not like it and it may not be favorable, the fact of the matter is that God has preordained your steps to get to the place where he could process you, come on somebody, with everything that you need to walk out what he's called you to you don't believe me watch this turn with me in the book to the book of isaiah what book did i say keep your finger in luke chapter one in the book of isaiah it's in the first half of the bible first half of the bible isaiah chapter seven is where i want to go look at this look at this prophecy the bible says in isaiah chapter seven verse 14 says therefore the lord himself will give you a sign behold The virgin shall conceive. Watch this. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Mary shows up hundreds of years later and Gabriel comes and gives her this greeting. Blessed are you and you're called and you're going to bring forth the son of God. But this is something that was destined and was prophesied way before she even got here. Oh man, I want somebody to understand this. That thinks that your life is a mistake. Come on somebody. That thinks that the circumstances that you have walked into. Or the things that have happened in your life. And the parents that you have. Or the child that you got. Yes, it might not have been a favorable situation. Yes, it might not have happened the way that you wanted it to happen. But I showed up to tell you that God does not make mistakes. Who am I talking to? And the fact of the matter is that much of the path that you are on. Yes, we can make choices. Yes, 
we're not robots. I get that. Yes, our choices, the Bible makes it clear, can lengthen our days or shorten our days. But the purpose that God has called you to, it was designed and destined before you even showed up here. So Mary getting this assignment from the Lord, it didn't just happen in that moment. It was something she's in the Bible, y'all. And there are some of you who God is calling to do great things. I just have to go here. And the reason why you're not ready and the reason why you are bothered by what is going on is because you have not embraced this thing. And or you are walking in a place of covetousness and jealousy. And God is telling you to take your eyes out the neighbor's lawn. Come on. Stop comparing yourself to to what's happening in somebody else's life. And get to the place where you embrace the call that God has on your life. And that you walk it out because there are people just like in the story of Nehemiah I told you that he was building that wall and he was building the wall last week go get caught up if you missed it on YouTube but he was building that wall for people more more than just himself and so God has an assignment on our lives that he's called us to I hear that he told he told he told Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 he says before you were formed in the belly I knew you and I ordained you to be a prophet, he tells him. There was an assignment on his life. This thing, this thing was something that was bigger than just Mary. I want to tell you, Mary was a part of a bigger picture. I'm just trying to set this thing up because Mary was a part of a bigger picture. What God was doing in Mary's life was going to affect salvation for the rest of the world. Because I want to show you in a second about what about the opportunity that Mary had for jealousy and that also that somebody else in her life had the opportunity to operate in jealousy. Most of us, when we think about what God is doing in our lives, we think about it just for ourselves. And so when we quote scriptures like all things work together for good. To them who love the Lord, Romans 8, 28, and are called according to his purpose. When we usually quote stuff like that, we're just thinking about it working together for our good. But how many of you know that you are a part of a bigger picture? Man, I'm trying to help somebody. This is why jealousy should not exist in the body of Christ. Because we are to the place we are all called to see the kingdom advance and to live out what God has called us to. And so when you win, I win. Because there's a bigger picture. Man, I wonder if somebody's getting this thing. There's a bigger picture. It was bigger than Mary. It was bigger than Moses. It was bigger than Moses. Moses' life was not just about him. But God had an assignment on his life to set the people of Israel free from from Egyptian bondage. How about even Joseph? Joseph is in a place where because of the dream that God gives him. He's thrown in his in a pit because of the jealousy of his brothers. They throw him in a pit because of his favor that, that God has put on his life. He ends up getting thrown in a prison. But they can't steal the favor from off of his life. But he gets thrown in a prison because of his standing for what was right. And God ends up elevating him. And so Joseph could declare and say at the end of his life, look, all things work together for my good. But I love what Joseph says in Genesis chapter 50 verse 20. You can write it down and check it out later. Genesis 50 verse 20. He says, instead of getting to the end of his life and being like, nah, 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 boo, boo. You guys tried to, to dead me and look at what happened. Look where I am. Instead of him saying that to his brothers, he ends up saying, watch this. He says, you, what you meant for evil, 
God meant it to save many people alive, including the ones who threw him in the pit. Oh, man, I want you to understand this. Joseph realized that even everything, everything that he went through was to position him for the bigger picture. It was not just about him. This is why God has not called us to be covetous. This is why God has not called us to be jealous. Because the fact of the matter is that the the path that he has prepared for us, the call that he has has on your life and on my life that we are to be ready for. We, We have our own process and our own promise and the things that he's called us to that he has not given to someone else. And so we should not be set off or bothered by what he's doing or not doing doing in the lives of others are you still with me so this is the story so mary and elizabeth they they both are pregnant right one got pregnant the traditional way right the other is getting pregnant miraculously but not only this watch this elizabeth was pregnant with john the baptist everybody say john the baptist john the baptist was the forerunner of christ Mary's pregnant with Christ. Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. There's no need for them to be jealous of one another. Because what's in Elizabeth is going to prepare the way for what's in Mary. Oh man, I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. But I want you to understand. This is why God has not called us to be jealous. Watch this. What he has put in you and what he has put in me. He's called us to coexist and to live together and to be in the place that we are in. Because what's in you is purpose to bring destiny to pass in the lives of others. I'm talking about the bigger picture. Are you hearing me? What was in Mary? So, so because look at this. This is what happens. Mary shows up. And goes to her cousin and shows up because Mary Elizabeth is her cousin and she goes, hey, fam, yo, I'm pregnant and I'm pregnant with the son of God. Now, there are a number of things that could have happened, but they were in a position where instead of being jealous, there is a leaping that took place. In Elizabeth's belly, when she heard about what God was doing in Mary's life. Many of us, when you hear about what God is doing in someone else's life, the first thing that leaps in you is jealousy. You're not, you're not, you're, oh man, uh, it's tight, but it's right. I'm just trying to, to help about 12 people because, you know, when you see somebody else get blessed and you're like, mm-mm, that's from the devil. Oftentimes, or I wonder who she had to sleep with to get that position. You know, we always, we throw shade and that's our knee jerk response because of sin. But if we understand, watch this, that God has put all of us in the earth with the purpose. He's called us not just to worship him in general with lifted hands and all this stuff, but to worship him with our lives. And especially in the body of Christ. This is why 1 Corinthians chapter 12 makes it clear. He says the I can't say to the foot, I don't need you because the foot stinks. He can't say, you know, the, the, the elbow can't say to the head, I don't need you. He says because we're all a part of the body of christ and christ i'm paraphrasing has put everyone in the body where he has desired to do so and we all when we all work together instead of being jealous of other people's positions and being jealous of other people's gifts and other people's possessions come on somebody when we realize that he has designed it as he wills we realize and note that if the hand is prospering then the foot is prospering 
because we're all a part of the same body. What was in Mary and what was in Elizabeth, it bene- they benefited one another. And you know how we do, man, when we, especially with children, parents, man, we be jealous of other kids, parents, uh, other parents' children. And so you'd be looking at little Timmy and because little Timmy can spell uh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious and he's two years old, you know, and your child is still saying, mama, mama, da, da, da. You know, and you be looking at your kids and this is the stuff we do because then because of jealousy of the other child, then we pressure y'all ain't hearing me. We put pressure on our children to perform and do things which ultimately embarrasses them. Y'all don't want to be real with me this morning just because of our jealousy. So you're looking at your child and you're telling them, I want you to spell. I want you to spell blue. You watch this, watch this spell blue. And they'd be like, L. Z T and you have them looking you have embarrassing them because of your jealousy y'all ain't are you gonna be real with me this morning and so we realize when we realize that everyone's process is different you may not have walked until you were four or you might have something in your life that is different from somebody else's. Yes, that the fact of the matter is your children may be different from someone else's. But how many of you know that diversity is great? And at the end of the day, God has destined and purpose and allowed for us to walk down different paths. But none of us is greater than the other. We all can benefit one another. And so I want you to, I want to say this, and I got a few points in a few minutes, and I'm out of here. Number one, point number one. Everybody say number one. Here it is. It'll be on the screen for you. Uh, jealousy ignores individual processes and promises. So, so in summary, I'm saying it ignores individual processes and promises. So, you know, I'll even say this. See, a lot of us, right? We are jealous of people's promise, but we're not jealous of their process. Okay, I'm going to say that again. A lot of us are jealous of people's promise, but we're not jealous of their process. Right? So you're jealous of what they have. See, the, the, the Swanson's turkey pie took six and a half minutes to get to where it needed to be. Something else might have taken only two and a half. And so you're jealous of the Swanson pie, but you don't understand what it took for the Swanson pie to get where it's at. And many of us, you're jealous of folks' marriage. Come on, somebody. And you're jealous of folks' finances. And oftentimes we're jealous of the relationships that they have with their children. When you spend all your days on, on your cell phone with your face in the cell phone instead of spending time developing relationships. And so you're jealous of the end result, but you're not jealous of the process. Man, I'm telling you, fam, there are a lot of people. We were just talking. We were talking to people this week and all sorts of stuff. And people be looking at our ministry. And, and we, we talk about all. I mean, for, for what God has done at Serve City Church in just two years, family. I mean, over 130 people have made decisions for Christ. Many of them are y'all. And we've baptized by God's grace over 50 people. And it started with my wife and I looking at each other in the basement like, is this actually going to happen? I told you last week, 12 people got saved. And at the end of the day, watch this. People will say, how in the world? Or we have people that throw shade and throw hate and, oh, this is not a real church and this is not a this. And, oh, my God, this is shallow and blah, blah, blah and all this stuff and whatever. And at the end of the day, the fact of the matter is that none of this happened overnight, fam. 
I've been pastoring for over 14 years now. And we, and it, this is not the first church plant. There were challenges that I experienced early on in ministry. I wish I had time to unpack all the things that we went through. This did not happen overnight. There's roots below this thing. And so many people hate and they throw shade at what they see in two years, but they don't realize that there's 14 years of roots below it. Oh, man. I wish I could tell you about my marriage and how now lots of people be talking about, oh, how, oh that, they must be fake. They so lovey-dovey, he and his wife, and they, oh, they always posting about her and talking about her, and people be throwing shade and all this stuff. I had one guy tell me I need to stop posting so much about my wife, and you, a pastor, post more about Jesus. <laughs> Facts, right? And at the end of the day, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you must be out of your mind, fam, because there are a lot of people that are jealous and they hate about the relationship that Pastor Chantal and I have. But you weren't there when we were ready to throw in the towel. Come on, somebody. You weren't there when things were a mess and we were wondering if we were going to still be together at the end of it. You weren't there until after we had our first child and the dynamic of our relationship went completely south because that was something complete. Can I just be real and honest? And so now what you see there is we've been married married for 12 years together for 14 there are roots below what you see right now jealousy ignores individual processes and promises are you with me you mad at that person because they got a house the way that they got a house but you want to spend credit like cash And you want to have your 10,000 channels and you only watch about three of them. But then you don't want, but but you're jealous of what someone else has, but you're not willing to do what's necessary to get to where it's at. So anyways, so look now, this is it. So jealousy, jealousy does this. Jealousy does this. But not only this, number two, I got to move. Number two, watch this. These are some, just some things about jealousy. Are you still with me? Jealousy causes the mismanagement and underappreciation of what we already have. So many of us are so busy being jealous of what someone else has that we underappreciate what we currently have and we mismanage it. So you don't realize, watch this, that your husband could actually maybe even develop to be even a better husband than the husband that you're jealous of, but you won't spend time investing in that relationship And so you're spending so much time looking at somebody else's boo that you mismanage the one that you have. The seasons. Oh, well, if my situation was different, come on, if I if I was born and if my dad was in my life, then X, Y and Z would be the case. And so we look at people and we're like, oh, your process, you were you you had a dad. And so because you had a dad, then you're that's why you are the way an X, Y and Z. And yes, baby, I wish that you had a dad. I wish that that situation was different. And no, that is not an ideal situation. But there is someone else who took the same hand that you were dealt and they won with it and you in this life can either make excuses come on somebody or you can make moves and the fact of the matter is that many of us are jealous of other people's process and other people's the situation when God many times has called you to be able to make impact in this world that can only come with you be growing up in a situation when you didn't have that fatherly experience 
Oh man, I know that it's hard. I know that it's tight. I know that it's tight. But I want you to understand that God oftentimes will allow you to go through a lifetime where you grew up broke. So that when he puts stuff in your life, that you never go back there again. And you can help other people to not be in that position because of the experience that you have. Who am I talking to? Stop mismanaging and underappreciating the positions, the people, and the situations that are in your life. Because if you would put them in the hands of the Lord instead of being covetous of someone else's situation, if you would make some moves and maximize what he has called you to do, then you would see the miraculous power. I'm going to go back to Nehemiah. Because even with Nehemiah, they built that wall in 52 days. A massive wall around Jerusalem. And they did it in 52 days because he was willing to be obedient. Are you still there? Number three. Number three. Somebody say number three. Look, so uh, they're in this position. Mary and Elizabeth, she goes to visit her. And the baby leaps and all of this. And instead of being jealous, they celebrate one another. And you know, the fact of the matter is that that whole experience with Mary and Elizabeth was an opportunity for jealousy in both ways. Here it is. Number three, jealousy often makes us hate backwards. What do I mean by this? Jealousy often makes us hate backwards. And I'll say it like this because uh, now, now watch this. Watch this. So there are a lot of us when you didn't have nothing and when you didn't have a job. You were in a position where you were begging and praying and I'm going to manage and I'm going to do this. And then God came through and did something miraculous in your life. And then when you get that job and it takes a lot of your time and your shift that your schedule shifts and you have less time for certain other things than you did before. Now that you and that's why I like T.D. Jakes asked the question, can you actually stand to be blessed? Because then, watch this, what happens is, then many of us, when God actually brings us into the promise, we start hating backwards. We start hating on people who actually have more time in certain areas than we have now because of the responsibility and or the fulfillment of our prayer requests. Can you actually handle what it is that God has called you to do? Are you going to hate backwards? Oh man, I remember, we look at people and we're like, oh man, they get to spend all of that time and they get to do all of this and they get to do all of that and look at me and how much time ungrateful selves after you were crying out to the Lord and seeking to God to open these miraculous doors and now that he opens it, oftentimes we hate backwards. And I hear the Bible say, I hear the Bible say in Luke 12, 48, Jesus says to whom much is given, much shall be required. Come on, somebody. Yeah, your time may be packaged and parceled a little differently, but that's because it is a new level and a new season that God has for you. Stop hating backwards on what other people have. Stop looking back so that you can maximize what God has called you to. And see, some of us, that's why I tell you all the time, don't don't be jealous of people who are rich. Because the great theologian was right when he said, more money, more problems. <laughs> Amen. And so Mary had the opportunity for jealousy of Elizabeth. Watch this because of her process. So Mary, in that moment, she could have showed up and she's like, Elizabeth, who was barren, she what? She just she got to have sex and get pregnant. So her process was regular. And my process, look, 
I got to get miraculously impregnated. I got to walk around and tell people the story every time. They'd be like, but wait, you and Joseph, you... And she has to say, oh, well, you know, Gabriel came, the angel showed up, and he told me that I'm, he told me, they'd be like, oh, yeah, he told you, I'm sure it was the angel. And so she could have been jealous of Elizabeth's process, because Elizabeth got to do it the easy way. Oh, man, some of us are jealous. Watch this. You heard me say some of us are not jealous of processes, but many of you, you are jealous of the process because it was easier. It may seem easier because of what somebody else, how somebody else got the promise and and the similar promise to what happened in your life. But I'm here to tell you, baby, that at the end of the day that you and I got to be to the place where we put jealousy aside, even as it pertains to the process. God, I keep saying it over and over again. God has destined for you to walk through what you walk through because there's great purpose in your life. And look now, look, 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 because at the end of the day, Elizabeth could have been jealous because Mary was having the Lord. So, so, so Elizabeth, Mary could have been jealous because Elizabeth got to have the baby the traditional way. No shade. She married. Everything's cool. But then Elizabeth could have been like, but you know, she'd be like, mm-hmm, now why, why does she get to have Jesus? She, that must be a false God. You know, you know how we do? Because at the end of the day, she could have hated on her because she had, she was having the Lord. But they, in this moment, instead of this, they rejoice and they're excited because they understand that what is in each of them is going to complement one another. And so look at this. I'm going to give you these three things real quick. Mary and Elizabeth's experience teaches us. Watch this and here are these points for you. God will often put people in our lives for these three reasons. He'll put people in our lives, firstly, to remind us of our testimony. So Mary shows up in Elizabeth's life. And when she shows up in her life, pregnant in the way that she was, miraculously, that pointed Elizabeth Back to the days when Elizabeth was barren and couldn't have a baby. And it was a reminder that God, to Elizabeth, it was a reminder that God can miraculously impregnate people. And that nothing is impossible with God. Who am I talking to this morning? And so God will often put people in your life, not for you to hate on what's going on, not for you to hate backwards or to hate forwards or to hate in any way. But he oftentimes will put them in your life to remind you that he is a miracle working God. Not only this, number two, number two, God will put often put people in our lives. Watch this to point you forward to his ability to point you forward to his ability. So you'll put people in your lives in a position where you are able to be reminded about his power and you're able to think about this as you walk into the future. You're able to deal with the future knowing that he is able. So to remind us of our testimony, to point us to his ability. And then the last one, the last one, uh, he'll often put people in our lives to make us an accessory. So in other words, you become a witness. You become a witness to his power at work in people's lives. I love it. God usually does not do things in the earth without having a witness. Come on, somebody. And so God, watch this, does not put people in your life and prosper them therein for you to be jealous. But he often will put them in your life so that you can become an accessory to the miracle. 
Oh man, I love it because see the fact of the matter is if I can just tell you this, I want to tell you this because so Mary being in Elizabeth's life was her being a witness. They witnessing about the miraculous power of God in their lives. And I love it. This is why I believe in the resurrection in first Corinthians chapter 15. Write it down and go check it out after. In that whole chapter, it talks about the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead. And the Bible makes it clear that after he got up from the dead in that chapter, that there were, that he was seen by over 500 people. Many of them were still alive when Paul, this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, they were still alive when he wrote 1 Corinthians 15. So Jesus didn't rise from the dead in secret. He did it in front of people so that there would be people because he knew that later down the line, there would be folk who said, no, nah, this man didn't get up from the dead. No, the disciples just came and stole him. But there were witnesses that were around to be able, come on somebody, to be able to testify and be a witness, an accessory to the miracle. And so instead of hating on people, instead of hating on those who are prospering in your life, God oftentimes will put you there so that you can testify and witness that indeed he did this thing in their lives he didn't put you in their lives to talk about them he didn't put you in their lives to criticize them or be jealous of them but he put you in their lives i hear the bible say psalm chapter 34 david says i will bless the lord at all times watch this and his praise shall continuously be in my mouth my soul shall make her boast in the lord the humble will hear thereof and not be jealous but be glad then he goes on and says oh magnify i feel like jumping the lord with me and let us exalt his name together he puts people in your lives not so you can be jealous of them not so you can be taught to talk about them not even for you to praise him for them but he puts them in your life so that you can praise him with them Oh man, y'all are awfully quiet because the fact of the matter is that God is a good God and if he can do it in your neighbor's life, how many of you know that if he's in the neighborhood, come on somebody, then that means the same way that he blessed my neighbor, that he can bless me too. And so I don't have to be jealous of their process, nor do I have to be jealous of their promise because the best is yet to come for me if I would maximize every person and every situation that is in my life somebody give god praise in this moment <laughs>